Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Hey, just if you want to stay cool, we do have those little spray bottles. They've been put on ice. So you got cold water with a little fan. So there's just around the corner. That's by the coffee. Uh, For those of you that are coffee addicts, temperature doesn't matter to you. You're going to drink it no matter what. Amen to those of us. That's a good addiction. God blesses that. So we have coffee for you, and then we have cold water. So just keeping yourself cool, things like that. Uh, Just a heads up on that. Uh, Before we kind of jump into groups, have a little bit of discussion, get to know each other, and then we'll jump into the sermon. Just fun time as a church. I love that things are opening back up. Uh, we're having some great opportunities. A group of us, about uh, I think five of us, went to Mexico, um, Tijuana, but also mainly Rosarito, uh, able to visit an orphanage. Uh, it's Tijuana Christian Missions, and uh, just phenomenal people. I just love meeting people that, you know, they, they're on the forefront for a lot of us, as far as they've given up everything, left family, uh, left relationships, left stability, and they're there and they're loving it. It's hard, but they're loving it. And so I just love their attitudes. And so... Um, those of us that went, a few of us are here today. You can just raise your hand. Uh, Aubrey, raise your hand. Aubrey's over here. Jeremiah's over there. They went. Uh, I went. Am I missing anyone else? Some of them might still be sleeping. It, oh, and Andrew in the back there. Andrew, raise your hand. Andrew uh, went. And so you could talk to any of them. They had a great time. And uh, we had a super fun time, maybe too good of a time on the road trip, laughing at each other and with each other. But that's always good on a mission trip to do. So... Uh, but basically how they're set up is they have uh, two different locations. One is for kind of smaller kids and another one for teenagers and college students. Their uh, system down there works different than up here. Uh, As far as they get kids not so much by the state, but parents that voluntarily give their kids up. Maybe it's an abusive situation. Uncle comes in and and takes them to the orphanage. Uh, It could be that they financially literally cannot support them. So they say, can you take care of my kid? I'll come back later. They got situations like that that are a little bit different than how we do things. And the need is just huge. The the amount of abuse and alcoholism is as bad as whatever you think is here, just go ahead and just go exponentially higher. So the the ability for us to love and be part of people that are loving them, it's a privilege. Like I felt just like, thankful and humble to be there. Um, it's a peaceful environment. They've done a great job of organizing and making sure that it's not chaotic. Everyone's safe. So just so you know, to be praying, thinking about that, we're going to continue to go. The next one will probably be in August. July's a little nuts for us as a church. So they, we can go monthly. And uh, it looks like just as you're praying and thinking, here's maybe three situations for us to be praying through as a church. Okay. Three things. Give us your feedback. And the elders and I will be talking about this too. One is those of you that like little kids, it's a great environment. As far as you go down, we bring a meal with us. It could be nachos, something like that. And again, it's about, uh, I don't know, what would you guys say? Was it an hour and a half for us or longer? Hour and a half to get there? I mean, it's Rosarito. Probably about an hour and a half, hour 45. Not too bad. Crossing the border wasn't bad. So mid-morning, you leave on Saturday. You can bring your kids with you. So all, all ages are welcome. So it's a real uh, good family environment. You go down, make a meal, and then you're literally just playing tag. We played, what was it, zombie? Andrew was like the zombie king. Like the kids thought he was like just below Jesus as far as his ability to play. And they, they loved hanging out with them. But just, um, they just want to play. They just want to see people too because they're isolated. So seeing people that love them. And so if that's something that's exciting to you um, and it's real casual, you get done playing and you're gone mid-afternoon and they love it. That's, that's great for them. Get to know maybe some of the missionaries and the leaders down there. 
encourages you and encourages them. That's one opportunity. Another one in Rosarito is a teenager and college students. Some of us um, might maybe click a little bit more with those that are older. Um, sometimes that can be a little bit more difficult. Probably the teenager and college students a little bit more standoffish, you know, as far as getting to know them. You got to have a real heart for it. A great way to get to know them, though, is for us to be able to go down and give them something as far as maybe skills we can teach or things like that. Music class, you know, piano, you know, guitar. They love that. Um, uh, one of the things I'm thinking about, as you guys know, I really enjoy jujitsu and martial arts. Going down there, beginning to teach them basic jujitsu. And just to connect with them, surfing, they love to surf, and, um, but a lot of them don't know how to swim or they're not competent in the water. So any of us that enjoy surfing, paddleboarding, go down there, teach a class. So just so you know, if, if that kind of sparks your interest, you're like, whoa, great way to invest, love on them, teach them something, and build that relationship. So those are the two opportunities. The third one that we can pray about is they're, they're building another shelter for um, women that are in, in difficult situations as far as physical abuse um, or other situations and they have a home for them. They're building that right now. One church put down 40 grand. They have the first floor done. They need two more floors. Estimated cost anywhere from 10 to $20,000. I just thought, hey, we're in a season of incredible generosity. Just, you know, as a church, in five years of existence, we've never been more generous as a church. As far as the amount of people giving and the amount of money given, and we thank you, it gives us the ability to be generous. Just so you know, when you give the church, we've paid for people's um, rent this year. We've helped people buy cars this year. Uh, we just helped someone that they were in the hospital down in San Diego. They don't know us, but we heard about them. And we gave, eight, it was, I think it was about $1,800 to help them with bills and some things that they have needs. You guys are a part of that. Maybe we use our money, we pray about it, and maybe we give a significant chunk of money and we help them with continuing to uh, uh, finish that facility. Pray about it, think about it, give us feedback, let us know you guys have a voice. So uh, let me know what you guys are thinking there. So that's what's going on. Ladies, how many of you are painting on Friday night? Yeah, you guys have a good time? Yeah? Did the paintings turn out all right? Or were you just, yeah, they turned out pretty good, huh? Ladies had a great time painting. I think they went out to eat or someone went out to eat afterwards. So we'll be doing more of that stuff too. So uh, just be paying attention to what's uh, on your app, just so you know. And by the way, worship is on the app. So if you're just mumbling the songs, like what are they singing? Right now, we don't have a screen. Andrew's working on that. Hopefully the next few weeks we'll have screens up here. But right now it's on the church app, Access Church. It's the green and black icon, so you don't jump to another church. That's not us. Uh, but also, you can sign up for things. And so this summer is going to be, we have a lot of stuff planned, so you can really enjoy yourselves, invite people maybe that are disconnected from church. We just want to create a lot of opportunities. So next week, are we here? Next week? No. So if you want to do church by yourself, you can show up here. You have the whole campus to yourself with some construction guys, all right? So you can evangelize or, you know, you can pray, walk around. But we're not going to be here. So uh, the address, again, it's on our app. It's on our website. We're going to be at uh, the Flores house. They're up in the boonies a little bit. They're up a little bit north. The drive will be worth it. Uh, we're going to be uh, smoking meat. You guys are going to be bringing sides and desserts. Church is providing the drinks. They have a pool. We're going to do a super short service, family service. Kids can be hanging out. A little bit of devotion. Get us focused on real freedom, not just American freedom. So we're going to be tying those two things together. Uh, we'll have a little bit of worship, and then we're just going to get sunburned. And we're going to be in the pool and we're going to have good conversations. And we're just going to relax. There'll be plenty of time too. If any of you have like evening parties, we'll be done probably early afternoon, mid-afternoon. So you can take off and do that. So that's church next week. Here's what we need though, is we need to know how many people for how much meat to buy. And then who's bringing sides, like if we're going to have any sides. If you could please, like even during the service or whenever, sign up online. Just let us know. This is who's coming. This is how many this is what we're bringing. That would really help us out. So if you don't, you can still show up. 
but we're just going to boo you when you see you. That's it. So you have to go through that. So, um, but sign up for that. The other thing is we're going to do a short connection group, little short summer one, five to six weeks. You got two options. I'm super pumped about them. Wednesday night in July, we start is healthy families. I'm going to be taking you through kind of a five week discussion. It's not going to be a lecture. I'll be giving you some principles and we'll have a discussion and interaction on how to build healthy families as far as a healthy marriage that trickles down to healthy kids. That's what we're focused on. I'm going to help you with some things that I think will be um, really give you with good discussion, good clarity, whether you're dating, looking to get married or whether you are married, whether you're looking just to kind of ratchet up the marriage and strengthen it. Um, and then, or maybe it's like, hey, dude, marriage is strong. Don't tell me anything about marriage. But maybe with a kid, you're like, ah, we're not real focused. That's what we're going to be talking about too. The Thursday night one is a really fun one. It's family friendly. You can bring kids of any age. It's going to be uh, where the chosen group. So on Thursday nights, we're going to show um, the first season, the first five episodes. We're going to watch one episode a night. And then we're just going to get in little small groups, discuss it real quick, and then we're done. So uh, The Chosen has been a great film. And so uh, we're going to use that as a discussion. And then just bring kids in the discipleship too so you can bring your family with you. So, does that make sense? There's still a sermon to go, so we still got a long ways to go here. So I want to propose to you today, and it's this. When you fully trust God and put your faith in him, it benefits you and others. I don't think we think about that. Like it truly benefits you, but it also benefits others. Thus, when you lack faith, it's not as good for you in life, and it's actually detrimental to other people. Our faith has a ripple effect. It's not just about us which to me is exciting, especially when you think that I can bring blessings to other people just by trusting God. I don't have to be this crazy evangelist wearing Jesus t-shirts and having a cross tattoo and going hardcore missions all the time. Now, if you want to do that, awesome. That's your personality, great. And that's God's calling for you, great. But just you trusting God will have a ripple effect. We're going to see this today. The thesis for today is out of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. A line or anything like that. God is going to give us our thesis for today. And it's this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not half-hearted, not in certain areas. Every area of your life, fully trust him. When it doesn't make sense, fully trust him. And lean not on your own understanding. Why did the guy write that in Proverbs? Because we tend to trust God unless it doesn't make sense to us. And then it's within our own understanding. And I'm going to do it my way. That doesn't make sense. Have you guys ever been there where you read the Bible? You're like, that's stupid, Right? Like, why would I not live with someone before I marry them? Why would I not have sex? That doesn't make sense. I got to get to know them, compatibility, make that decision. And the Bible says, no, no, no. Part of faith is you don't get all that. You just trust God that he's going to work in your marriage, right? And the Bible says, hey, when God blesses you, first thing before you go shopping, first thing before you bless yourself, bless him, give to him. Well, that doesn't make sense because what if I don't have enough money at the end of the month? So we don't, right? I mean, we do this all the time. I'm just using two examples, all kinds of examples where we don't do it. So it says, listen, trust in the Lord means that you're going to not lean on your own understanding or the world's understanding or your parents' understanding or your grandparents' understanding. Well, Brian, I'm Irish or Brian, I'm Catholic or Brian, I, I came from this background. Forget the background. Don't lean on that understanding. Lean on the word of God. Why? In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You guys heard of that Proverbs before, right? He will make your path straight. You know what that means? It means it's when something back then, when the path was straight, that brought security. And basically what he's saying is it's another way to um, translate that is level. You're not going to be walking uphill all the time. How many of you guys live life and you're like, I feel like I'm walking uphill financially, 
emotionally, psychologically, relationally. There's always a storm coming. Sometimes God brings those storms in, but sometimes, have you noticed we kind of create our own weather pattern of storms? And God says, listen, when you trust me, even when it's hard, it's actually easy. Even though it's hard to trust, I'm going to make a level path for you. That's not windy and confusing. It's straight, which means you can see far down the road. You know where you're going. We're in Joshua today. <clears throat> we're, gonna, we're, we're in a series where we're looking back at people, um, our ancestors of faith. Where did they mess up? Where did they do well? And what can we learn from them? That's all we're doing. So we're in the Old Testament. These are people that lived thousands of years ago, uh, but they had to trust God just like today. And so we're learning from them. Uh, today we're in Joshua. It's in the Old Testament. And so uh, Joshua chapter 6, a popular story if you grew up in the church. If you didn't, maybe it'll be new. But when we talk about Jericho, when you, hear, when you hear, think of Jericho, what do you think about? Walls, right? We're going to be talking about that. But we're going to be looking at the relationship between Joshua and uh, God and faith and how it has the ripple effect and the benefit of it. Today, I hope you're excited about trusting God. Today, I hope you're like, I cannot wait to trust him. I cannot wait to be on the edge of the diving board and being like, ah, and, but I'm going to go for it. Even though I feel like, I'm, I don't know if I can swim. I don't know if I can make it. And God's like, I got you. I'm going to put my God floaties on you, and I'm just going to push you, and you're just going to float through life, right? But trusting him rather than being like, I can't make that jump. And I know he's good. I know he's powerful. I know he loves me, but I just can't jump off it. I hope today you guys are like, oh, my God, I can't wait to jump off the diving board. And then get in the water and get back out and jump off the diving board again. And jump off the diving board again. Joshua chapter 6. Let me give you the setting so we know what the heck we're talking about. Joshua just taking over leadership. Filling big shoes. Who was the leader before? Moses. He was the man. He was a legend. But Moses had an anger problem. And if you have the anger problems, you got to identify Moses, right? And, and he justified it. Any of us with anger issues, we always justify it. Well, if you wouldn't have been stupid, if you wouldn't have knocked over the milk, if you wouldn't have said that, if you would have paid the bills, right? We always have an excuse to be a jerk. Well, Moses struggled with that, and God's like, chill. And he'll do that with you in life, right? Hey, that sin's going to cost you. That sin's going to cost you. I'm being patient. I'm being kind. You might want to stop. All kinds of people telling you, like, dude, you're an idiot. Stop. And you're like, nah, you're an idiot, right? And God's like, consequences. And then, boom, the promised land. He can't go in. He's like, I've given the thing about God is, he's very patient, but he says what he says. Some of us, as parents, we don't mean what we say, right? We're like, you'll get a spanking. You're not going to get a spanking, right? You know, you can give him 5,000 things, but you don't follow through. And then your kid grows up being like, you're not going to follow through. So I can do whatever I want in life. God doesn't do that. Doesn't parent like us. He says, if I say it, I mean it. And it's coming, but it's because I love you. It's not good for you. And so he just, you know, good guy, great leader. But like all of us, got those quality, you know, flaws that God wants us to work on because it's not beneficial to us or others. So Joshua's taking over leadership. Now, Joshua... Uh, is part of a generation where this is where the, 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 the wandering, you guys heard the 40 years in the desert, right? They wandered because they were about to go into the promised land. They're like, whoa, those people are too big, too strong. We don't want to go. We don't think you can do it. We don't think that you will help us conquer. And he goes, well, because of your attitude and your complaining, just complaining. Some of you, when you think of the worst sins in the world, you're like, oh, it's got to be like, you know, killing someone, you know, doing cocaine, you know, uh, sleeping around and all that kind of stuff. The Israelites complaining like you're going to wander in the desert for 40 years. That might want to, for some of us, double check our complaining in life. <laughs> because he's like, no, 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 no. Because when you grumble, you can't trust me. You can't be thankful. You can't be happy with what you got and what you're going to get. And so they wandered. And the only people that made out were Joshua and Caleb. That's it. 
because they did trust God. Israel didn't listen. They've been wanting for 40 years. Here's the situation. Now this new generation, their kids, they're coming up. And God's like, now you get a chance. You already saw your parents. It's like, oh yeah, he says what, what, what he says he means, right? So this is in their, the back of their minds. So then he's like, all right, they got circumcised. You're going to get circumcised because that sets you apart as a nation. So they just got circumcised and now they got their first battle. Okay, we're going to trust God. We're not going to be like dad. We're not going to be like mom. Well, they're not here because they didn't trust God. We're going to trust God. All right, you got Jericho. Huge walls, big city, strong. And remember, if you've been wandering the desert for 40 years, are you a really good army? Have you been building spears and guns and making things? No, you've been living off golden grams and just trying to survive. That's literally like what manna was. He's just throwing down like breakfast cereal to them and some pigeons that fly by and things like that. But they're not real strong army. They haven't been like having training meetings. They're like, we're just in a desert trying to survive. So now you've got a fortified city with warriors. These guys know how to fight. They have a regime, all that kind of stuff. And you're coming out of the desert. You're like, uh, all right, got a tennis racket. I got a, you know, I got a rock. We're going to take these guys down. And God's like, I need you to learn something in life. It's me that will give you victories. But it's hard because they get victories through spears, right? The world gets victory through power, through gossip, through taking selfies over and over again, feeling good about themselves as others applaud and like. And it's hard not to get sucked into that if we're honest. It's like, but, but they look like they're doing well and what they're driving and their education and, and how they're living and their kids seem okay. And it happens to all of us. And God's like, no, no, no. It's not with what they battle with. No, no, no. You're going to completely trust me. And the world's going to look at that and go, you look foolish. You can't succeed. And that's where he wants us. So the goal is for them to take over the promised land and they're coming to Jericho. First step, step one, will they be like their parents? Will they mess up? Will they go back in the desert for 40 years in the next generation? Here's the story, Joshua 6, here we go. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Okay, if I'm a warrior, I'm like, all right, I'll march around the city once, but what's our plan of attack? I'm ready to kill, right? Well, he says, do it once and then do this for six days. What? I don't know if any of you read like any books on war and things like that, but walking around for several days usually doesn't win a war. So he's got to be like, uh, uh, okay. Oh, and then on top of that, have seven priests carrying trumpets. So get your worship team together because that's always scary for a nation, Right? Sing, Lord, I lift your name on high before you fight someone, right? And that's going to scare them. So he's like, all right. But you can do it in front of the ark. Whenever you see the ark, that's the presence of the Lord, just so you know. So you can have the ark there, which tells them that God is with you. Now remember that Jericho heard about what happened before. They heard about the parting of the Red Sea. They heard about them coming out of Egypt. So they, they know about their God, even though they're a weak nation, but they know about their God but they haven't experienced their God yet. They just know stories of it. So he says, you're going to go around and on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpet, so the worship team's going to tell you when to go, have the whole army give a loud shout. We're just, we're just going to yell? You're just going to yell. All right, God, I know you've been around forever. I know you're really old. I know you've done the Red Sea, you did great things, awesome, back on our parents, good job. So we're going to win this by seven days, we walk, we just go on a walk, right? 
with the worship team. We're trained warriors, like worship team, and we're, they're, they're with us. And we're just going to yell, ah! That's it. Yeah, that's, that's all you're going to do. I don't know, any of you guys that have been in the military, if you had a military plan like that, like, hey, we're going to go get these guys, but you're just going to walk around and you're going to, ah! Like, if you'd be like, I ain't going. No, no, no. <laughs> right? It doesn't, it's, not a, it's not a plan for battle. But he says, listen, here's where faith comes in. The wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone's straight in. Here's what's important is they've never seen this before. What's tough about a miracle, especially when you've never experienced it, is you've never seen God do that miracle. Can he really provide the money, that person, that friendship, that marriage? Can he really do it if I trust him all the way rather than the shortcuts? Because maybe you've never seen it. But it's hard. And why are miracles hard? It's hard when you have to wait. We all like the quick miracle, right? We love when we pray and then two minutes later God does it. You're like, oh, right? The hard miracles are where God's like, yeah, that's going to take about 30 days. Oh, that one? Ah, five years. Yeah. Hey, how about there's been other ones in miracles, right? Abraham and Sarah? Hey, wait 25 years. And they're like, wait, we're getting older. How are we going to have kids? It doesn't seem, my own understanding, it doesn't make sense, God. And God's like, that's exactly where I want you. And the world's going to say, no, 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 you have to lean on your own understanding. Because what you believe, it might be true, but it's probably not true. You have to lean on your understanding. You see how it's just this counterintuitive things. For us to see miracles in life, it'll be counterintuitive to what the world says, what you've grown up with, and what your own mind says if you want to experience those miracles. But also, miracles don't mean instant. Why? Because I want you to understand this is, is God is about the process, not just the miracle. Because the process to the miracle changes you more than the miracle itself. Nobody's writing that down. You should write, that's all I got. That's like the, that's like the peak of the sermon. It goes downhill from there. This is why I want you to write down because you guys are nodding at church. It crushes me as a pastor though that then you walk out but you can't live that way. You want it now. And then I see our church take shortcuts in relationships with money or not trusting God in certain ways, or even ministry that he's called you to, and then you leave the calling. Some of us are four days, four months, or four years short of a miracle. And I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Keep walking around. The walls are coming down. But you imagine on the fifth day, they would have said, this is the dumbest thing. And if this is a Monty Python movie, those guys have to be mocking us on the wall. Like, oh, nice walk. Woo, power walkers. We're scared. You know, they had to be like, it's day six. I don't want to get up and walk again. This is dumb. Can we learn from Joshua? Trust him. The walls will come down. And those of you that have seen walls come down, encourage others that the walls will come down. And those of you that have a wall come down, don't forget. Don't get scared two years later when you have some more walls and you're like, don't forget the walls that came down two years ago. This is what we can learn from Joshua. Joshua was steadfast in this. Faith and trust in God will always be counterintuitive to the world, always for the rest of our lives. It's always going to be difficult. It's never easy, just so you know. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I don't have it down. I still struggle. But 25 years in now, I know that the struggle is real, but the struggle is fake. And that if I trust God, my paths will be straight because I've seen walls come down. Well, they do this. Let's go to Josh 6, 15 through 19. Jump over to there. Let's get to the seventh day. Let's get to the good stuff. So on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times and in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. 
The seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord is giving you the city. The city and all that it is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Notice, you're going to conquer, but then devote the most valuable things back to God. This is, again, counterintuitive because most of us see God's miracles as blessings for ourselves. God, give me that new job, please. If I just have that new job, God, I'll give back to you. I'll give everything to you. I'll give my firstborn. I'll give my dog to you. I'll do everything for you. Gets the job. Nah. Oh, now it's for me. But first, let me get my car first. First, let me go on that vacation first. No, first, let me get this first. We do that all the time, right? What he's saying is, listen, the part of faith is being thankful and giving back to him because the rewards he gives you, an act of humility is to give some of those rewards back to him. And so he encourages them with this. And this is hard because remember, when they conquer cities back then, they get all the spoils, but not just as a nation, those military guys do. Those officers do. Remember, they're raiding homes. They go and they steal the jewelry. And what do you think? They put some in their pocket and then they report to their commanding officer. Well, what was everything in there? They just give them this, but they keep a little bit in their pocket. Everybody did that. So it was a reward for them personally and also as a nation. And then what he's saying here is, listen, God's going to give you this miracle, but don't put it in your pocket. Give the best things to God. Oh, but everybody gets the spoils of war. Why not us? Oh, why do I have to be a Christian, right? They get the spoils over there. They get the spoils over there, and I don't. We can have that mindset. So he's reminding them, listen. And then he goes on to say that um, only Rahab the prostitute and all who were in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. I'm going to be talking about her in just a second and how that pertains to faith. It's pretty cool. All right. But he says, listen, keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. I encourage you guys to read Joshua over again. Like anytime I preach, go back and see what the Holy Spirit layers over this. He might have more for you than what we have on our time here. But notice this as far as uh, where he says that you will not bring uh, your own destruction some of us get that miracle, but we don't thank God for the miracle. We immediately take credit for it or we receive all the blessings for it and we don't give those blessings out to others or back to God. And he says, now you've experienced a miracle, but that'll actually be your destruction because of your greed and your arrogance. Have you guys ever been on that high and then it came crashing down? For some of us, what happened is we never managed that high and those blessings well. And we are so wanting God to do something. And as soon as he did it, we didn't thank him. We didn't worship him. We just went on with our own lives. And we didn't maybe bless others. God blessed us and we didn't trickle it out to others. And he says, like, what? I was so generous with you. I gave you so much forgiveness from your past. And that person hurts you at work. And you're like, ah, oh, heck no, you know? And you're going to talk about it. You, like, you've never received God's forgiveness. And he says, that's going to be part of your own destruction. Even though I bless you, you'll become a bitter person over life because you can't forgive. Did I just get too real? It got silent here. Did I get too real, right? Do you see where this is going? You can experience the miracle and it can actually be part of your destruction because you don't have a heart that can receive it and then be thankful and give God glory and then bless others or bless him with whatever he's given you, whether it's physical blessing, spiritual blessing, relational blessing. We can learn from Joshua, stay thankful, God blesses. I'm not going to take the credit. Thank you, Jesus. Whether it's for the relationship, whether it's for the money, whether it's for this, whether it's the miracle within our kids' lives, the miracle in our marriage, whatever it is, I'm thanking God. Oh, your marriage is so good. Praise God. I, I will 
blow up any marriage. And you do that, and we're going to see the ripple effect a little bit later. But here's the thing I want us to remind us of is faith is fulfilled when God is remembered and honored in our victories in life. We don't take credit. All good things come from who? What does the Bible say? Me, right? Is that what the Bible says? All good? No, not your version? I wrote that in mine, yeah. Yeah, all good things come from God, not me. We're just the benefactor of it. Boy, if you can have that mindset, what a thankful, humble, generous person you'll be. And if any of us are here today and I'm like, I'm not very thankful, I'm not very generous, and honestly, I'm not very humble, I would go back to then I think it's not that God's not blessing you, it's that he is, and you're not receiving it very well. You're not giving the glory back to him or letting the blessings pass on to others that need it. Faith is strengthened through appreciation and generosity. And I hope we are always, always an appreciative and generous church. I hope that as God gives to us financially, we can't wait to give it away. I pray that as God gives us forgiveness and, and mercy, we can't wait to give that away in our families and to our neighbors, to other people and to our enemies. I pray that as God gives us anything, we just cannot wait to be generous. I hope that's the mark of our church because I think that's a church that though the world might not smile upon us, Jesus will. I know it's getting warm. I'm almost wrapped up, but I'm super pumped. Let me wrap this up, okay? Joshua chapter six. We're gonna jump to 24 and 25. Back to Rahab. Look at the faith of Joshua, what happened here. It says, then in verse 24, they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze into, uh, and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. So they followed through. God, you get all the good stuff, even though we would really like it. And it says, but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her. Why? Because she hid the men Joshua had sent. This happens a few chapters before, I believe in chapter four. I would read it. Go back to chapter four. In fact, go back to chapter one and go all the way through six. It's really, really cool. Trust me. All right, but it says that her family spared um, and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And now it says she lives among the Israelites to this day. She became a follower of God. Why? Why did God put this in the story? A couple reasons. One is the faith of Joshua to go in and spy on a city. As far as who, how are we going to spy on a city? We're going to be outed real quick. He couldn't have imagined that a prostitute would be the one to be like, stay here. In fact, I'm going to hide you. And so it said that when the city officials a few chapters earlier came in to be like, hey, we know they're here. Where are they? And this was her life on the lane, on the line that she hid them and lied to them, which I'm sure she was forgiven for, shouldn't have done that, but she did it to save them, right? And so those guys go on, they can't find them, and she helps them, and she just says, listen, I know that your God is real. I know I've heard the stories, and though this city doesn't believe, I believe, can you spare me? What's crazy about that is she had to know that her army was stronger than their army. Do You see how this woman had faith before anyone else had faith? Almost before the Israelites had faith. And he, I bet that Joshua couldn't believe the faith of a prostitute because in an Israelite's mind, a prostitute would never be a follower of God. They were to be stoned, killed. And what is God showing you? Be careful who you think can't follow God. Be careful that when you see someone at their worst and their greatest sin and their darkest, they're saying bad things about God, they're living in the worst way, they might have the greatest faith among you. Joshua trusted and said, listen, because of that, because of you seeing our faith, and I'm seeing your faith, you're going to be spared. Here's what I want to encourage you with this story. And again, I'm giving you a flyby. Go read it. It's so cool. It's so rich. 
I want to encourage you with this. Your faith not only saves yourself, but it, it inspires and saves others. Why is the church ineffective today in outreach? I would not say it's because of technique or money or even desire. It's because when they look at our lives, they see no difference. We stress the same way. We're angry the same way. We road rage the same way. We spend money the same way. People aren't receptive. No, the church isn't effective. People don't want to know God. No, people aren't showing them God. And I'm in this. So how about we stop blaming them and look at ourselves and saying, maybe we won't have a faith that says, I want to follow your God. I've heard the stories. I've seen the walls come down. That's why she follows. She's like, oh, I'm out of here. And she repented. She gave up her everything, her identity. We'll see people do that when they see more of God and less of us. When they see we don't lean on our understanding and they see the walls come down our lives, marriages explode, kids flourish generosity, thankful in difficult times, prayerful in the midst of storms, and unwavering. Your faith, God wants you to trust him. It's not just about you. It's there's a ripple effect. He wants you to save others, but your faith can't save anyone because it's barely saving you. This is the story of Joshua. It's more than a wall. How cool is that? This week, get ready, you guys. And as a church, we're in a season to get ready Trust God in the process, not just for the miracle, because he's changing you as he's about to bless you. If you are seeing the miracle, make sure that you are appreciative and that you're generous with whatever miracle he does in your life. Don't just receive it and be greedy with it. And the last thing is, listen, watch as you trust God that others are going to want to follow him. So maybe we don't need better techniques. Maybe we just need greater faith. Something to think about this week. The, the worship team or the Hanleys, <laughs> they're going to come up and lead us. Uh, we have a few songs here. Are you guys doing okay with the heat? You doing all right if we finish with some worship songs? Hey, let's go ahead and just do the three songs. We like to reflect, and I believe that during worship, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Just so you know, firmly believe that. So the service isn't over. Oh, sermon's over. But the service isn't over. We have communion in the back. We take communion every week to recognize this. Jesus is great. We're not. We're saved by grace. So let's save others by grace. So every week we take communion. Listen, we have the worst tasting communion in the world of the history of churches. I know that because it's testing your faith. We do that on purpose and we're super cheap as a church. It's styrofoam. I understand. The juice is warm. We don't care. So that's your communion. I encourage you. Maybe you want to take it by yourself. There's some things to repent of today. Maybe some of you, you've never trusted God with your life, but you're ready. You're like, I want to see walls come down. How do I do that? Just talk to him. It's a relationship. Ask him for forgiveness. Say, I, I want to trust you. He knows you're not perfect. But trust him. Don't run away from him. That's not faith. Oh, and it's not humility, too. It's actually arrogance to think that you could get to God on your own. Let him come to you. If you take communion today, just know Holy Spirit's in you. You made the decision. You're new. And we'll walk you through how to go from there. Maybe some of you, you want to take communion with your friends. Maybe say, hey, process. Like, hey, what are you taking with this? What are you taking away from today before we leave? Maybe for some of you, you want to do it with your family. You want to get your kids. However you want to do it. Take communion. We're going to worship. And I want to just leave you with this. Our greatest threat to our faith is not the world. It's our own mind, our own understanding, and leaning on our own selves, our own intuition. It's doubting 
what God can do. It's doubting the God of the Bible that he's done doing miracles today. What if we believe the things we read in the Bible and that he's still doing that today? Imagine the people that are far away from him that are going to come to know him. But most of all, imagine the walls we get to see come down in our families, in our hearts, in our minds, in our city, in this world. Jesus, I pray we are a, a church of faith. I pray today that Joshua would really inspire us. I pray we wouldn't look to be a church that we just want to be a good church, pretty moral people, be pretty nice to each other. Let's get in a building. Let's be comfortable. Get some AC. But we'd say, hey, whatever comes, we most of all want to be a church that we just constantly have stories of people trusting you. That we're inspiring each other. And most of all, God, that our faith would be so great that people couldn't help but say, let me, let me get to know you. Let me ask you something. Let me get to know your God. You're so good, God. We generously worship you. And we worship with humility and appreciation in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.